When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome along to the Liverpool Echo's Blood Red channel for a special edition of the Blood Red podcast. The main Blood Red podcast show will take place tomorrow on Tuesday. For today's episode, you join me, Patrick Smith, for a preview of the upcoming under-21 Euros. Well, joining me to look at what is likely to be the most exciting and probably interesting Euros, and the 31 Euros, certainly in my lifetime, is Liverpool.com writer Ben Bokshak. Ben, how's things? Yeah, very well. All good, yeah. How about you? Yeah, I'm very good. I'm very good. So let's get stuck into it then, shall we, Ben? Most listeners might be, you know, a tad confused right now, maybe, or not sure. But a general overview, this really could be a great tournament, actually, both for neutrals, but specifically Liverpool supporters. There is a lot of potential interest, isn't there? Yeah, like you mentioned, obviously, the lots of interested um, players being involved at this tournament or who are on Liverpool's radar. Uh, but at the same time, just in terms of the general quality as well, uh, a lot of uh, players have dropped back from their senior team to represent their uh, under-21 sides. I think the whole, one of the hosts, Georgia, have, I was looking at their squad, eight or nine players in the squad who have already played at senior international level. Uh, that could have been one more with Quichokaiaskelia being very determined to, to, to play at this tournament, but Napoli have pulled the plug on that. However, looking at other teams, you know, even even at Georgia, Valencia's goalkeeper, Mamadashvili, who's being linked with big moves to, to, to Chelsea and Premier League interest in him. He's going to be involved, which, you know, he's the first choice keeper at senior level. The fact that he's going to be involved at all these senior games and then come back down to, to play under 21 football says a lot. And then obviously we're talking about one of the most expensive transfers as well in Mikhail Mudrit, who assisted um, last week. He assisted two goals for the senior team, uh, senior Ukraine national team. Yeah. But he's also dropping back down to, to play at under 21 level for Ukraine. And I think I was looking at Italy squad, uh, you know, you have likes of Sandro Tonali, who's going to be involved. I mean, uh, you know, even Italy, Italy squad, they, there's a lot of players who've already played for the senior national team, I think seven or eight in, in their squad. Um, so it's going to be interesting because I think there's going to be a mixture of, of squads. There's going to be some national teams like Spain you expect to do well, but... For example, they haven't called up anyone who's represented them at senior level and no one has dropped back down. And, you know, we could be, you know, Spain squad could be extremely talented if, if mm. the senior players drop down, the likes of Gavi, um, Pedri, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a very interesting tournament. And there's a reason why he said it could be one of the most interesting one in our lifetimes. 
Yeah, I think so. As you alluded to, that it's crazy how many you know big name players dropping down. Like Sandro Tonali was one I wasn't actually aware of, but that's a massive player to be playing in a twenty-one Euros. And you know, imagine if Kavicha was playing for you know the Georgia twenty-ones in this tour, and that'd be a huge side maybe because obviously they are hosting it. Because um, yeah, the other twenty-one Euros kicks off Wednesday this week, doesn't it? Hosted in Romania, and then of course Georgia as well, where Franz Kelly is from. Uh, only players born in this millennium are, are eligible to play. So if that does make you feel old, I don't know what will. But anyway, let's get back to the Liverpool interest, shall we? Because this is a Liverpool podcast. So um, yeah, let's start with the current players, Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones. They'll be probably the heartbeat, I'd say, of a strong-looking England side, won't they, Ben? Lots of big-name Premier League players in that team. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be interesting because obviously Jacob Ramsey is in the squad as well and you'd expect him to start. So I'm curious as to how that England midfield is going to line up. Um but I think it was very interesting. England and the 21s played a sort of friendly leading up to to these this tournament against Japan, and uh, one of the Japanese midfielders sort of uh, mentioned how Elliot was the most impressive that he came up against in that England squad. Uh, kind of you know criticised some of the other uh, players, Smith Rowe and Skip in particular, said that they didn't impress him, but Elliot did, and, and, and Elliot was kind of a nuisance to play against. That's what the Japanese player said. Obviously, England lost that game 2-0, which would have been, I think, a surprise to many, but Japan is quite strong. Um, and, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how involved they will be. I mean, because I wouldn't say this England team is, like, supremely talented, but there's a lot of players at a sort of similar level to Jones and Elliot, which means yeah. it, it all depends on the decision-making of the manager and who he favours. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, them, the, the team being very heavily rotated as well. I mean, uh, there's a lot of players in there who've played a lot of games too. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting, but you'd expect Jones with the, the the form that he's in uh, to do well. And, and I think Elliot as well. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it pans out with England because, as you say, there's lots of players who sort of play the same position and are all at the same level. I mean, because you can't really have a side that has Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones and Jacob Ramsey in one midfield because, you know, that's not exactly the best balances. I mean, do you think there's a chance that, because both players, you know, Jones and Elliott can play out wide, do you think there's a chance they play on the wings, maybe even see some of them in a false nine because that England squad, you know, they, they don't seem to have an out-and-out out striker as such. I mean, there's Cameron Archer, but, you know, they've got Madueke and Smith-Rowe. I mean, do you reckon we could potentially see Harvey Elliott maybe play a false nine role? Yeah, or Jones. I mean, either of them could potentially do it. I think that's probably one way. Uh, I think Elliot might be used on the wings because he's been used on the wings a lot at international level. I think Jones, they probably see as more of a midfielder, but he can also play on the wings. Uh, and like you mentioned, I mean, you have Anthony Gordon and Madueke on the wings, but yeah. apart from that, not really that much width. Like, like, like we said, there's a lot of sort of attacking midfielders in that squad uh, who, who are kind of versatile and, and it's going to be interesting to see how they line up. I mean, Jones was on, in pretty good form heading into this tournament, not just for Liverpool, but for, for the under-21s as well. I think just before he kind of broke into the Liverpool first team again, he scored on international duty and um, was doing quite well. So I, I'd expect him to probably be more involved than, than Elliot. I mean, I think something worth mentioning as well when it comes to Elliot is he is the youngest member in, in this England squad. Uh, uh, I think Levi Colville is a 
few months older than him. Uh, so Elliot beats him just, just by a few months. But uh, I think for Elliot as well, maybe the coach will be thinking, you know, he's got uh, pr- probably maybe three years of, of still being eligible and, and playing at under-21 tournaments. So uh, he might prioritise someone like Jones who might not be able to feature in the mm-hmm. next one. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Forget how young Harvey Elliott is, doesn't he? I mean, because he plays beyond his years. It feels like he's been around for ages and then he's obviously been playing for Liverpool for around four or five years, isn't he? Crazy how young he still actually is. Yeah, it'd be certainly an interesting one for Liverpool fans to keep an eye on. I think Curtis Jones will undoubtedly be involved. I mean, the form he's been in the past few months of Liverpool, he has to be, you know, the heartbeat of that England field. I'd be very surprised if he wasn't playing in most matches. But yeah, you mentioned Levi Colwell there, but, you know, sort of loose Liverpool transfer. I'm not going to touch on that one because I can't see Chelsea let them go to be honest. But let's move on though, shall we, to some more transfer rumoured players with Liverpool. We've got to start with France, haven't we, Ben? I mean, this is the one that's going to pique the listeners' interest. Let's speak of midfield engine rooms again. Kefren Taram and Manu Kone expected to play together again. You know, Ben, I think you spoke to the former youth team manager, didn't you, a, a couple of weeks ago? I mean, what can we expect then from Taram and Kone as a duo? Because there's quite a lot of potential. We could see them in a red shirt together next season, isn't there? Yeah, I mean... It, I think that's the important thing is like they, they've played together like you mentioned I, t- I spoke to their academy coach before uh, they played together at academy level only for one season but they know each other well from that time at ACBB uh, but even on the international level they've played I think I was looking at transfer marks recently and they've played I think around 11 or 12 games together already at various youth levels so they're very used to each other and I think in terms of the, this French team, I expect Kone to be the sort of holding midfielder and, and Kefren playing on the left. But I think it's worth noting as well that this French team is extremely talented. Mm. Just beyond uh, Taram and Kone, uh, especially the midfield. I mean, you have Michael Olise being involved in that midfield uh, and, and a lot of other players as well who probably, if they, if, if they weren't French, they would be representing international senior teams and and have had uh, a handful of caps by now. Um, I think as well, it's uh, worth giving a shout to Yasser Larouti, who is, of course, spent time at Liverpool's academy and he earned the call-up, which is credit to him because this is a really talented uh, under-21 squad and the fact that he's been called up uh, is a testament to how well he's done um, in, in France since he's left Liverpool. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's no easy feat making any France squad, but, you know, this one is particularly stacked. I mean, the, you know, the talent they can churn out with their young footballers is absolutely crazy, and they're always threats in these tournaments. But, yeah, I mean, Kefren Tram, then, as you mentioned there, I mean, he's been heavily linked with Liverpool. You know, he looks the most likely to sign of the names that we'll discuss throughout this podcast. I mean, what do you think he can bring to the Liverpool midfield? Because some people might be confused that you said there he'll play on the left, not in the six. I mean, someone who's six foot four in stature, big physical runner. But there's a lot more to him than that, isn't there, Ben? Yeah, I mean, I actually don't think his defensive qualities are, are, are that impressive. I think his offensive pro- pro- qualities are a lot better in terms of his ability to progress the ball. Um He's just someone who's got a lot of energy. I mean, when I spoke to his coach, the first thing that stood out to him, he told me, was he just ran so much. And and, and it was the same thing with Manu Kone. So it's going to be very interesting to to, to see them, you know, function together, the amount of energy that they bring to the team. And obviously those are things that have 
Liverpool have really lacked in midfield the, the last season. So um, that's, I think, one of the most important things that Turan could bring. And um, I, I forgot to mention, but Enzo Lefebvre, who obviously has yeah. been linked with Liverpool as well in the past, uh, Borussia Dortmund as well, he's also in the squad. So he's another one when I talk about energy, that's the first thing that stands out to you. So I think... Um, just in general from this French under-21 squad, I expect a lot of energy, a lot of running, and I feel like they're going to tire out a lot of opponents at this tournament. Yeah, I've got a big family friend who's a Lorient fan, so I've heard all about Enzo Lefebvre for the past five years. He's an amazing player. I mean, he's finally had his breakthrough season this year. He'll be on the move and potentially one to watch Liverpool, as you say. He's got a great skill set. Yeah, I think um, Kevin's around there, you know, as you mentioned, the big, powerful runner. Great going forward. I think he'd be absolutely perfect for the Liverpool midfield. But Manu Kone, then, how is he different to Taramba? I mean, what difference could he offer to the Liverpool midfield? You know, how are they different, the two players? I think Kone is more comfortable, for sure, playing in a, in a holding midfield position. I mean, like I mentioned, his academy coach uh, played him behind Taram uh, for, 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 for that season they spent together. And um, if you look at sort of how he's played for Borussia Mönchengladbach. He has been part of a sort of double pivot uh, as a holding midfielder. He, he's, he's also comfortable going forward and, and he does have very good qualities in terms of progressing the ball. But I do see him as a better defender and someone who is more suited to that Fabinho role. Although I do have some question marks because, like I mentioned, he's been playing in a double pivot. He has never he's very rarely done the holding midfield role on his own uh but i do think he's someone who's more defensive and uh i think for him his uh, sort of aggression and 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 reading of the game is what stands out for me and and his defensive qualities yeah well i mean two players definitely to keep an eye on france in general a team that you know liverpool fans you should 100% be keeping an eye on a crazy number of young players that are so talented, as I said. Maybe they'll even face off against Jones and Elliott at some point. So that'd be a nice one to see, wouldn't it, Ben? I mean, maybe there's a France-England knockout tie on the cards. But yeah, let's move on then, shall we, to our next side. Uh, let's talk about the Dutch, shall we? There's some more Liverpool interest. Set Vandenberg, Ben. He'll be representing the Dutch under-21s. His contract at Liverpool is up at the end of next year. Do you think he could maybe be playing for you know his last chance at a place there? Or is he just playing to maybe get himself a move elsewhere this summer? I think it's an interesting one, but I do think, you know, it had he had a, a more sort of regular season at Schalke and didn't get that injury, I think we could be having a conversation where we're saying, you know, is this the time now for Vandenberg to be promoted? I mean, uh, he, he's someone who at Preston played a lot at right back uh, and, you know, with Trent Alexander-Arnold's new role. Uh, that's something that he could offer to the team that I think Klopp doesn't really have at the moment. And of course, he can play as a centre-back as well. But I think just because he didn't quite get to to showcase his talent as much at Schalke because of that injury, I think it, it's time for him to to probably go on another loan. And uh, I think he, he could still get a contract extension as well at Liverpool. I think if, if Liverpool do send him out on loan, I'd expect them to get get sign a contract extension and and, and uh, um, keep him at the club for longer because I do think there's a lot of potential in him and I think it's testament to his, his quality that he, he did get called up to this Dutch team because they do have some strong defenders. 
Yeah, they really do. I mean, still only 21 as well. It's crazy how many of these players, you forget how young they actually are. I mean, that's very young, especially for a defender. You know, they come into their prime to 30s sometimes, don't they? But um, yeah, I mean, as you say, they could be ideal for that right-hand side centre-half role that Canate sort of adopted in the past few months. Maybe in the future, you could take on that one. But let's keep on then, shall we, with the Dutch defenders because we've got uh, Mickey Man, Mickey van der Ven, haven't we, Ben? I mean, you know, very exciting young centre-back, left-footed, absolutely rapid, you know, somewhat rash, but quite keen for a tackle. He's another player that young Klopp, I'm sure, will be keeping an eye on during this tournament, won't he? Yeah, I, I mean, definitely. And not just Jürgen Klopp, but probably Jörg Schwatke as well. I mean, mm. he knows him well from Wolfsburg. And obviously, I think the curious thing is, is he going to line up next to Vandenberg? Because that's going to be a, an interesting sort of relationship to keep an eye on from a Liverpool perspective. If if they partner each other at the back, uh, I'm going to be interested in how, how they function together because you never know. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Maybe in five years' time, that could be a future Liverpool centre-back partnership. Um, yeah, but yeah, I do think Vandenberg is, is, is very talented. He's had a good season at Wolfsburg. Um, and I think, you know, he, he plays in a position where Liverpool do, I, I would like to see Liverpool bring in someone uh, because, um, you know, Virgil van Dijk is, is getting older. I mean, that's just the facts. And, you know, as you get older, you do tend to decline. And I think um, to, to head into this, to, to next season without uh, a, a backup for him, um, I haven't been convinced by... Gomez or Konate playing on the left side. I think Konate is a brilliant defender, but he's much better suited to their left side. Um, same with Gomez. So yeah. I, I would like to bring in someone who can cover for Van Dijk and even potentially push him. And, you know, I think added competition is always a positive for for players of, of who are world-class and Van Dijk can be world-class and, you know, does probably hopefully have a couple more years at the top of his game. Uh, and I, I think right now um, he just needs to be maybe pushed a little bit and in that, that competition could inspire him to, you know, um, rediscover his form. No, yeah, I hope Van Dijk has many more years as well. But I think, as you say, that he's on the wrong side of 30 and players do start to decline then. But players who play in the Jürgen Klopp system especially start to decline way faster than other teams. And obviously he's had that huge injury as well. It's a shame to see, but I think, you know, a centre-half for me, one who can play on the left-hand side, who's left-footed, should be an absolute priority for Liverpool in this window. I mean, I think that's what they're crying out for, just to give Van Dijk a bit of rest, to be honest. And when you bring in a replacement and you're not playing one of Gomez, Matip or Canate on the left-hand side, which I don't think they technically thrive in. I mean, I think having a left-footer would just open the game more, especially with this new formation and tactics Liverpool have adopted, you know, because they are different positions. People often forget playing on the left and the right of centre-half is actually a very different game. And if you're not used to the, you know, movements of opening up your body on that left-hand side, yeah. I mean, Van der Ven on that note would be one of the names, probably the top name I'd go for, just because he's got age on his side. And it'd be interesting to see, as you say, him playing alongside Vandenberg, because that could potentially be Liverpool, but, you know, back two in the next five years you never know how it's going to pan out but um yeah let's move on into the next player staying with the Dutch um I mean we've mentioned you know the huge names that are playing in this tournament and if you're going off value and reputation Ryan Gravenberch is the one another midfielder linked with Liverpool Ben isn't he didn't quite or hasn't quite fulfilled his potential at Bayern so far is this one more of a risky move for Schmacker and Klopp though do you think um I think depending on the fee it's all dependent on the fee you know if you can get him for the kind of transfer fees that, that that's been talked about around 30 to 40 million, 
I don't see it necessarily as that much of a risk. I mean, he was born in 2002, so he's still really young. Uh, like with Elliot, you almost forget how young young he is because he's been around for, for such a long time at Ajax. I think he played almost 100 games uh, for their, their first team. Yeah, he hasn't quite kicked on at Bayern, but I mean, I, I wouldn't have expected him to. Bayern's midfield is, is really strong and Joshua Kimmich is probably one of the best uh, holding midfielders in in the world still. Um, and on top of that, you know, you have Leon Goretzka and, and the host of other midfielders, so it, it's difficult to break into that team. Uh, and I think um, because of that, I... I I don't necessarily see him as a risk at 30, 40 million uh, around that price range. Um, he's someone as well, I think, who Pep Linders will know about. Uh, and, and, you know, similar to Cody Gakpo, I, I think uh, Linders' influence could be crucial in, in getting the best out of him. Uh, but yeah, I think in, in terms of his attitude as well, he seems to have like, you know, he's been linked heavily with uh, all, all these clubs, but I really liked his interview where he spoke about, you know, like, I just want to play football and my priority is to do that at Bayern. But if that's not the case, you know, I'm going to have to talk to the club and uh, and I'm going to try and get, uh, you know, play elsewhere and get those minutes. So it doesn't necessarily be, he's not necessarily pushing for a move, but uh he does want to play and I think that's the right attitude to have. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one, isn't it? Because as you say, he was so good for Ajax, you know, one of the most wanted young midfielders in Europe. I think he's been quite unlucky at Bayern because obviously you said there how good Goretzka and Kimmich are, but then Musiala's, you know, had the season of his life so far. I mean, he's a great player before that, anyway, we knew that, but, you know, maybe Grand Merch was expecting to battle with him for minutes this season, but the forward Musiala's just sort of blown his chances out of the water, I think, on that note. So maybe it's an interesting one that Klopp and Schmacker could go for but we'll, yeah, we'll see how that one pans out the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo um let's move on then to the next team and the last team we'll probably talk about specifically in spain uh stefan Bicetic, of course liverpool interest he would have been called up if it wasn't for that injury he got at the end of the season very unfortunate for him because i'm sure he would have got a starting role on this spain side i mean the way he's playing for liverpool i've been very surprised if he hadn't been but um, let's move on to another transfer room. Gabby Vega, Gabby Vega, sorry, undoubtedly, you know, will be one of their crucial midfielders, probably the vocal point of their attacking play. It's been amazing for Celta Vigo this season, Ben, hasn't he? I mean, do you think he could be the goals from midfield that Liverpool so desperately need at the moment? Yeah, I, I think as well, just because he plays right side in midfield uh, and Liverpool have been linked with a lot of left side in midfielders uh, in Turan, McAllister's already signed. And then on top of that even Kone, I said when he plays in a double pivot, he plays on the left. So, uh, just purely on the basis of what Liverpool have been linked with, I think even Graven Birch, who we talked about, he tends to play on the left side. So, in in that sense, I think Liverpool do need a right-sided central midfielder as well, who can play in a midfield free on on that right side. Uh, and I think he fits into that category really well. Um, He's someone, I, I would say, he's someone who Liverpool haven't had since probably Adam Lallana in, in terms of, you know, being able to score from midfield. Uh, I know McAllister scored 10 goals in the Premier League, but I think a lot, a, a few of his goals anyway, were um, from the penalty spot. So 
Um, Vega, on the other hand, he tends to score from open play, so he's more of a threat in that sense. Um, and I think at this tournament, it's, it's going to be interesting to see um, how he does. I mean, obviously, he played a, a starring role for Celta Vigo, but uh, now he's, he's, I think he's going to be playing a starring role in, in, in the, the Spanish under-21 team at, 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 at this tournament because, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, Spain haven't really recalled any of the players mm. they could have recalled from, from the senior squad, the likes of Anzu Fati, uh, Gavi or Pedri. Uh None of those players are going to be involved in this tournament. It's going to be players who haven't played at senior level. Um, and I think because of that, Vega is probably one of the, the best players that they have just based on the season that he's had. Uh, and I think, you know, you, you often see players who have more responsibility stepping up or it's kind of like a make it or break it for him. You know, if he has a good tournament, then uh, clearly I think more clubs are going to be interested in him and I think it's, it's going to be a good test to, to his character and uh, how how well he would fit in at Liverpool because uh, when he's coming into Liverpool, he's going to be coming into a competitive environment uh, where he will need to fight for a place and uh, I think he needs to show a bit of um, his, his, his star potential and star quality. I mean, um, you know, it's easy to do it at your boyhood club where everyone loves you. And, you know, Celta Vigo, he's been, he's come through the academy. He loves the club and the fans love him. So it's easy to do that. But in a different environment, I think that's going to be a test for him. And I'm looking forward to see how he rises to that challenge because I do think he's got a lot of qualities and the potential to do it. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned there are Celta Vigo, but in his adoration for the club and their adoration for him is giving me flashbacks of Iago Aspas. I'm sure some of our listeners will be having dreadful thoughts of that transfer as well, because it's a similar tone. But I mean, yeah, Vega, I mean, you have to be careful because I've not exactly seen much of him play. I've just seen snippets where you have to be very careful of what you see. But he looks fantastic. I mean, I'd be really interested to see him play in Liverpool's midfield. I've just had a quick look there. 15 goal contributions in the league this season from midfield. It's about a goal contribution every other match in the minutes played. So, you know, very exciting midfield talent. But, I mean, yeah, just on your point there about, um, you know, Spain not necessarily bringing players down from the first. I think that's a good thing for them because, you know, they won the Nations League last night with the players of, you know, Gavi, Ansu Fati, etc. I mean, they've already proven they can do it on the big stage. Whilst, you know, it would be maybe be nice for them to win in the 21 Euros, I think it makes sense if you're having that, you know, the new generation coming through. Give the new players a chance like this Spain side are going to do because there are a few rogue names in there and you know maybe a few of them will pop up and excite us out of nowhere. I'm sure they definitely will because Spain, you know, in my memory of this tournament anyway, have always done relatively well. You think back to the days of Thiago Alcantara. I mean, you think you won player of the tournament and they won it. It must have been 2013 or 2012 or something. You know, Liverpool player now. What you know, maybe someone could burst on the scene like Thiago did back then. But um, yeah, Ben. So we've spoken about you know, the stacked talent in this year's tournament. Are there any other players then for any other teams? Maybe some more obscure shouts you've got that Liverpool should have an eye on? I think the host Georgia are kind of one to watch. Uh, just because they called back so many players from from senior level and they've got uh, a few big talents, I think, who are being linked with uh, moves to, to, to European top five leagues like uh, I think one in particular in um, Gabriel Sigua, who's 
not might necessarily not play at this tournament because he's still 17 he's one of the youngest at the tournament he was born in 2005 but he's already playing uh for Dinamo Tbilisi's uh senior team and, and getting goals and assists uh at senior level and obviously this is an academy that has recently produced the likes of Christ Carey yeah yeah mm. and <laughs> Mamadashvili who's being linked with Chelsea so yeah I would keep my eyes on Georgia just because you know I think the the fact that they're going to be playing in front of a home crowd uh they're in an extremely difficult group though mind you i think you know that, mm. that if it's going to be impressive if they can get out of the, the group that they're in but if they do uh i think they're one to watch and probably ukraine as well i think uh like i said they record mudrick and they have a lot of talented players as well i think those are the two countries that would keep an eye on who could surprise a few but in terms of the favorites i think Italy is worth a watch. Uh, you know they have uh, players who who have come back from senior level and who who could play a big role. And I think someone who's been linked with a move to Liverpool. I don't know how credible the, the rumours are, but uh, Scalvini is, is someone who I think uh, is is worth keeping an eye on. Uh, but yeah, I think that's about it. I think obviously the French team is supremely talented as well. So there's there's going to be plenty to keep an eye on. Yeah, Scalvini, a very tidy centre-half playing for Atalanta, I believe, isn't he? And of course, I mean, Sandro Tonali mentioned, I can't believe he's playing the tournament from that's absolutely crazy. But I mean, yeah, so the tournament starts on Wednesday. I, for one, am definitely going to be watching this where possible as Liverpool seemingly set their sights on another couple of midfielders. We've got Catherine Taran, Manu Kone, Ryan Gravenberch, Gabby Vega, all in action. Whilst, of course, I obviously hope that the Liverpool boys, Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones, can pick up some silverware for their part. But I maybe don't want England to win that one. I'm sure most of our listeners agree that they don't exactly support the England national team, I'll say politely. But, I mean, yeah, that just about wraps us up there, Ben. As mentioned at the top of the show, everyone, the Blood Red podcast will return tomorrow on Tuesday rather than the usual Monday. So make sure you subscribe to the Blood Red YouTube channel and subscribe on whichever platform you get your podcasts from, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the others, so you don't miss any of our daily content. But for now, for myself, Patrick Smith, and Liverpool.com's Ben Bokshak, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll catch you again soon. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.